Hafede and welcome to Uncharted Territory, a podcast brought to you by the Office of the Attorney General of Guam. I am Attorney General Levin Taitano Camacho, and the goal of this podcast is to explore some of the work that this office does and navigate legal issues that affect our island. Here is Carlina Charforis, our Public Information Officer and today's host. Hello, and welcome to our listeners near and far. Uncharted Territory is currently available on our website, oagguam.org, and will be available soon on iTunes and Spotify. Today, I'm with Attorney General Camacho. I know that we wanted to start the series off by giving an overview of our office and realized that we could do that best by giving a podcast version of our CCR. So for those of us who are not in government, can you just explain a little bit more about what the CCR is? Yes. So the CCR uh, is a citizen-centric report, and it's meant to encourage government transparency. It's essentially a four-page report that has to cover information about our office, um, our key missions and our performance, a snapshot of our finances, and what the, the public and the community can expect in the future. Is this a, a long typed-up document? No, it's actually uh, intended to be visually appealing and very easy to read so that uh, research students or the general public can just access it online and get a snapshot of what our office does. Okay, uh, I think that gives so, a good explanation. Okay, uh, so A.G. Camacho, you took office in January 2019. Um, the information that's in the CCR and that we're going over today is actually from fiscal year 2018. Uh, yeah, that, that's correct. Okay, great. So why don't we start with you telling me about the Office of the Attorney General and what we do here? So w one of the biggest obstacles, I guess, or things I'd find out about our office is we actually have eight divisions here. And mm -hmm. our primary job, or one of our primary jobs, is to provide the government, to be the government's attorney. So in our solicitor division, our deputy attorney general there is Carl Espadon. And our solicitors, they're the ones that are being are giving advice to various agencies. Uh, they review contracts, and they are often involved, or they're required to be involved in any procurement that's over half a million dollars. And, oh. uh, well, you know, uh, part and parcel, they're in the same office, they share space, is going to be our, our civil litigation division. So we have the advice, and then we have basically the, the legal wing, and they are the ones who would represent the government in any kind of lawsuits on favor, in, you know, on behalf of the government or defend the government of Guam. And Deputy Attorney General Ken Orkut is the person who leads that division. Okay, great, great. I think that's uh, uh, pretty good. Um, what else have we have in the office? So probably the, the thing that most people are familiar with our office is that we prosecute cases on behalf of the people of Guam. And for adult cases, that's handled through our prosecution division. And Chief Prosecutor Basil O'Malley is the person who leads that division. We also handle juvenile prosecutions, and that would be out of our family division. And Deputy Attorney General Carol Henkel Sanchez is the, the person who leads that, that division. I see. So, so the juvenile division handles uh, minors, and the adult uh, prosecution division handles uh, adult criminal cases. In ninety-nine percent of the cases, yes, there are, there are always wrinkles where you have uh, a minor who's below eighteen but is charged with a serious crime, and there are some circumstances where you would potentially charge them as an adult. But yes, for most cases, juveniles or minors are handled in fa by family division. Okay, great. And then speaking of, of, of uh, children, can you tell me a little bit about uh, the Child Support Division and uh, Deputy AG uh, Andrew Paris, who um, runs that, that side? You know, outside of prosecution, I think child support is the other reason why most people would be coming to our office. So 
one of the, the common misconceptions is that we represent parents or a specific parent. And really our office, it's the Child Support Enforcement Division. We are there to enforce Guam's child support laws. We do not represent either parent, either father or mother. We're there to, to make sure that the guidelines are going to be carried out and that a proper support amount is going to be entered. So norm, it's a large portion of it is financial, but uh, the child support division may also sometimes get involved on in the emotional welfare of children. Uh, child support, it, it really, it's it's just setting an amount. So uh, if, if a parent were to come in, they would file a request for services. At that point, there would have to be some research to figure out where they're working, if they are working, and then once we get parents' income or figure out any income, and they would come up with a child support amount. And the division is really there to collect support on behalf of the children. And again, that's the confusing part is, you know, if one parent is the one who initiates the, the, the case, you think that, okay, well, the AG's office represents that parent, but that's not actually accurate. Uh, we would we set an amount based on the guideline amount, and that's, that's our main thing. We're not there to advocate on behalf of either parent. Okay, understood, understood. Um, next, we have the Consumer Protection Division. Can you tell me a little bit about what the Consumer Protection Division does? They, they do a little bit of everything, and they're, they're led by uh, Deputy Attorney General Fred Nishihara. But you know, consumer protection, they're there to prevent or to respond to any types of deceptive practices or complaints from our consumers about uh, a vendor or someone who might have cheated them or, or said something, committed something, committed fraud. Uh, they also are the ones who do uh, identity theft. If you have had your identity stolen, we had someone from the IRS just come through and they said that the territories are often a target for people for filing tax returns and collecting tax, tax refunds. And then there's a big bill and then they find the real person here on Guam. So uh, our Consumer Protection Division would be the ones who would handle those types of complaints. And you know, a, a lot of the outreach really is going to Unfortunately, a lot of times the targets of fraud and scams are going to be our Manumku and our, our veterans and service mm -hmm. members. So they do a lot of outreach in the Consumer Protection Division. So if anybody in the community has an issue, perhaps someone is contacting them via uh, social media saying they want money or that they, on the other end of the spectrum, that they owe money to the IRS. Um, so the Consumer Protection Division um, is the place where folks will want to come um, to verify if certain information is correct or if it's a scam. That, that's right. Great, great. Okay, and then we have the general counsel, and uh, this is actually a new division uh, to the office um, uh, under your leadership. Can you tell me what they do? I think some of the folks even uh, in-house uh, could use some clarification on what general counsel would do. So w one of the things being new to the office is you have to figure out how things work and how things get done, how things go from point A to point B. Something as simple as a letter to me, you know, there's a process that's followed from the moment it's delivered to our front office to the moment it gets to my desk, and then it goes off and the magic happens within our office. What, what general counsel does is really puts that down from the thought and the process to, to paper. So we need to really develop our SOPs from our division. You know, This is the seventh division that we've gone over. We're going to have talk about our admin division later on. But you, you quickly realize that there are lots of people here who have been doing, have a lot of institutional knowledge. But once they leave, there's a vacuum. And there's not that information to be passed down so that other people can learn from those experiences. So, so really, the goal of general counsel is going to be de developing and focusing on developing our own internal policies and procedures. Uh, some of the other things that 
we really want to promote in our offices training. So uh, we had our first in-office training last month, and we're going to look at continuing offering those types of opportunities to our staff, and general counsel will be responsible for that. So those are more internally. Uh, looking out externally, uh, we need a point of contact for the legislature because there are often bills that are criminal in nature. That I think there was one just this past week about foster homes, so our juvenile division. So oftentimes, because we represent government agencies, there may be an impact that we we'll want to be aware of. So our general counsel will be the primary point of contact, and hopefully long-term, we'll be able to draft legislation that we think would be beneficial for the government-wide. Wow, it sounds like uh, the general counsel has a lot uh, coming up. Um. <laughs> they will be uh, very busy once uh, once we get that rolling. Well, good. We look forward to that. And it sounds like uh, they, the general counsel division will actually be working very closely with our eighth division, the administration division. Uh, yes. So the last and certainly not, not least is our administration division. And they basically uh, are able to bring us, you know, we're brought to you today by our administration division. They're able to, <laughs> to take care of all of our procurement uh, to make sure that our bills are being paid, that we have power, that we have phones. Um, so they do payroll. They do procurement. They handle all of our IT. Uh, they also handle all of our grants. We deal with a lot of federal grants here at the office. And they also will manage all of our documents. So if 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 this were a, if this office were a family, then the administration division would be the mother and the father. They they keep <laughs> things running smoothly for for the rest of us. So it's like a, they say stage lighting. It's it's good when you don't know it notice it. So that that's kind of like the admin division when when things are humming and there aren't any hiccups and we have the paper, we have our pens, we have our folders. They they kind of blend in. Well, that's great. That's great. Thank you for um, kind of going through uh, each division with us and providing a general outline on on um, what they do and what we can expect. Um, uh, I think that about covers all everything that we want to talk about in this episode um, of the the divisions. Is that correct, uh, A.G. Camacho? Yeah, you know, I, I think that we've kind of gone over generally what the missions are and moving forward. This 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 episode in particular, just to give an overview, but starting with, I believe I started the presentation with talking about our solicitor division and how they perform contract reviews for the, for the government of Guam. And last year, um, they reviewed, our office reviewed 454 contracts. Wow. So how many at- attorneys are in that division? The solicitor division, there are currently 13 attorneys that are down there. So, you know, you, you can do the math. That's a lot of contracts that are coming through the office. And, you know, the 13 attorneys doesn't include, not everyone does contract review. So we have mm-hmm. attorneys that are assigned to various agencies that aren't, aren't necessarily reviewing all the MOUs, all the contracts that are coming through our office. So they are very busy and... Uh, yeah. I see. So, so in addition to contracts, um, it looks like we respond to requests for guidance. How many did we do in uh, the last fiscal year, in fiscal year 2018? So, as I was kind of getting at that, not all agency or some attorneys of the 13 and solicitor division are assigned to specific agencies. So, Guam EPA has an assigned attorney. The Department of Public Works, DPW, has an attorney. The attorneys are actually physically assigned in those offices, and they are, they act mm-hmm. as in-house counsel for those offices. So other agencies basically will send a request to our office for guidance on anything that you can imagine, whether it's budget, whether it's personnel. Anytime they have a legal question, they send a request to our office. And last year, 2018, we received and responded to 123 requests for, for guidance from 
various agencies. And that could be anything from, you know, are we allowed to do this um, to, uh, for example, you know, uh, are these pay raises uh, 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 required under law, for example? Yes, we, we have, you know, we've had questions about parking. We've had questions <laughs> about procurement. So uh, anything that you can think of, we probably have had someone come through and ask for, for guidance on it. Okay. And so on the other end, but still on that, on that same note, um, when an agency, for example, what if they're sued? Do we represent them? Most of the agencies we would represent, and, and the exception, well, most of the agencies we would represent in any litigation. You have some agencies that have been given authority to, to hire their own attorneys when it comes to litigation. Uh, so in some cases, we would have, they have in-house counsel, but if there's a lawsuit, then our office would have to come in unless we designate somebody else. But for the most part, we would be the party that represents any government agency in litigation or when a lawsuit's filed. I see. Um, so what about government claims while we're on the topic of litigation? Can you, can you explain to me how, how that would work? So if, if you have a claim against a government agency, you would actually file your claim here at the office. And last year we received 100, over 120 claims that were handled by our litigation division, which is the, the counterpart in our civil division to solicitors. Uh, they actually opened about 160 litigation matters last year. So if, as an example, a complaint, a government claim is filed and it isn't resolved, isn't settled, then there may be a lawsuit that comes in, comes out of that. So total last year, we had 164 matters that were opened in our, our litigation. I see. And some of those may include uh, government claims that were not settled and then moved into litigation. So that, that, that's one of the, the, the main areas would be almost like a tort or a breach of contract. That's where our, our litigation division would handle those types of cases. They also handle any types of challenges to Guam law. So our office is, is charged or tasked with defending Guam law, unless they're clearly unconstitutional. But the, the most recent example, we just received an, an opinion from the Ninth Circuit on the plebiscite law. And mm -hmm. that was a case that was argued by Attorney Julian Uggen, but he was acting as a special assistant attorney general from our office. There is also a litigation involving the Tremor Land Trust that's pending at the district court. There is a recent challenge to the cannabis, the recreational cannabis statute that our office is is defending. So anytime that there's a lawsuit that would involve enforcement against the government of Guam or an official agency, uh, we would represent the government of Guam and official and individuals in their official capacity. Thank you, A.G. Camacho. Uh, that covers the civil side of things. Moving on to criminal matters, um, can you tell me how busy the prosecution and family divisions were last year? Starting with our prosecution division, they filed about 1,400 criminal cases last year. Are those all felony cases? Uh, so about 770 of them were felony cases, with the remaining 640 uh, misdemeanor cases. And what are some of the most common uh, types of cases filed? So theft was actually the most charged crime in 2018, and there were about 390 theft cases filed last year. That includes both felonies and misdemeanors. There were about 370 family violence cases filed, 270 driving while under the influence cases, and about 270 drug-related drug cases filed last year. I see. And those cases, generally speaking, um, normally rank among the highest charged throughout the years. Is that correct? Those would be the most charged cases from our office in 2018. That's right. Okay. And what about juvenile cases? 
Juvenile cases are a little bit unique. We had 130 cases that were handled through the HERO program, and HERO stands for Helping, Empowering, Restoring, Overcoming. That program is new to the office. I know it's maybe about two years old now. Can, can you tell us what this program is about? So it really starts with the premise that we all are familiar with, which is sometimes good kids make mistakes. And studies have shown that when low-risk kids are formally charged or they have to go to court, they're actually more likely to commit crimes after that process. So it does more harm than good to formally charge kids who are, have been deemed to be low-risk. So formally charging is not actually beneficial. Uh, that's, that's what the studies have shown. So there's a real effort right now to, instead of having them formally charged and brought through the case, to, through the court system formally, you would first determine whether or not they're low risk. You look at the type of offense. So if it's a violent type of offense, they're not going to be eligible for the HERO program. And then you, you still want to have some accountability. So they're required to go through treatment, to go through education. I believe the standard time frame is about six to nine months that we're hoping to have a program for these kids. So at the end of the day, you're really focusing on having these kids make better decisions and to educate rather than to punish. So it's a program for low-risk uh, offenders or, or you know, minors who make mistakes um, and, and trying to provide them with services so that they learn from these mistakes and become uh, productive uh, adults in society. Yes. What, what, what about minors who commit serious crimes, who so don't fit under the HERO program? They, they would be formally charged and, and they would be handled through the court system traditionally. I see. And it looks like we have roughly 200 juvenile delinquency and juvenile drug court cases last year. That's right. So we had 130 through the HERO program and about 200 juvenile delinquency and juvenile drug court types of cases. I see. And our next division, the Child Support Division. So last year they helped collect, collect about $10 million in child support. And how many cases are we talking about? So for, for that, there were... Are, there were over 6,500 active cases, so that comes out to be about 720 cases per attorney. Wow, that's quite a caseload. Um, we keep they... them. We keep them busy. <laughs> I guess the, the we, we keep them very busy over there. And our last division, the Consumer Protection Division. Uh, so they last year received about 250 new consumer complaints, and they closed about 56 complaints. And what are these, what, and these, you mentioned earlier, so these are identity theft complaints, these are uh, uh, requests for action against local businesses, is that correct? Yeah, so they, you come in, you, have, you feel as though there was some deceptive trade practice or someone did something wrong to you, they didn't honor a warranty as an example, so you can come in and file a complaint, and then the Consumer Protection Division would be the ones that would investigate. They can also point you into the right direction, for example, when it comes to identity theft, uh, so they're just a great resource. One of our, they're more forward-facing, outreach, education-oriented. I see. I see. Did we cover all the divisions, A.G. Camacho? Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we have uh, that's a very important part of our office is the Victim Service Center, and it's it's often thought that they are part of a prosecution, but they are not. They are actually a standalone, separate office within our office, the, the bigger umbrella. And, you know, they, they are not there to help prosecution. They're really there to offer assistance to victims. And that, that's a mission that they've had. So last year, they provided services to 1,300 victims. And what type of services does the Victim Service Center provide? So because they, uh, we have certain advocates that, are, that handle cases before a case has been filed, but after a case has been formally filed and they're victims, 
our, our advocates would be the ones to be assigned the case. They're there to help them understand the criminal justice process, to answer questions about the process. And so really they're just to, to help victims understand what's going on in their case and, and, and how things are going to, to move through the criminal justice system. So providing updates, um, guiding them through the criminal justice system um, when, when needed, sometimes uh, transportation and connecting them with resources, uh, perhaps maybe uh, uh, stress management or counseling. It's a very important job. It's, it's very, just I, the few times that I've sat in on victim meetings or met with victims myself, it's very, it's draining uh, and they really do a lot of good work for, for the island and they perform a very important job here at the office. All of our employees perform very important jobs, but you know, you, when you sit down, and that's one of the nice things about being here, we do so much work as we've gone through from giving agencies advice to being the, you know, a shoulder to cry on for a victim, and there's just a lot of really hardworking people here. And then that's kind of what the we hope to do today is, is sort of um, explain to our listeners that um, Although um, in the newspaper you read and you, you see about cr criminal cases, um, we also want to be able to highlight some of the other um, um, things that our office do, whether it's representing the government or uh, providing um, services uh, to consumers, um, issuing alerts about uh, things that they should be aware of. Um, are there any other numbers that you want to talk about? So one of the, the most common complaints during the campaign for me and even now today is how difficult it can be to to reach a human being here at the office and, and we, we look at the stats and we received over a hundred thousand calls last year which is about 400 calls per day so every day you have our, our customer service representatives and child support and our prosecution division and our victim advocates um, child support is the, the big one there but you know I, I think people just need to put it in context that we're doing our best to answer our phones it's just we, we 400 calls a day, you know, so if you think about eight hours in a day, it's 50 calls. Every, I mean, it's almost a call a minute we, we're, we're talking about. I don't know what my, my math sounds about right, but um, we are doing our best. And one of the things that we've done is we've redesigned our website. And if you go to our website now and you look at the contact us page, mm -hmm. we have put direct extensions to the, each division. So if you know exactly what division you're trying to reach, Go to our website, get the exact extension, and you don't—you know—you save about forty-five seconds of music and options right. that you typically would get. Okay, let's talk about the office's finances. You've talked about what the office has done. Um, how? What do we need to run this office? So last year, or 2018, uh, we had a budget of $16.2 million from local funds and $13.8 million from federal funds. We also received about $69,000 in special funds. And so this $13.8 million from federal funds, this includes um, funding for the Child Support Division? That's right. So uh, right now, because we're, we're compliant with federal standards, we have locally we only have to pay for 34% of our child support division personnel uh, salary so you know, one of the things that we're asking for next year is for software system migration to, to help us remain in that compliance because the, the federal government pays for 66% right now of, of our child support enforcement division and we want to keep it we do it's very important what about our f uh, budget for fiscal year 2019? So right now, we're at the tail end of fiscal year 19, and we had about a 9% cut from our budget from 2018. So we were given $14.7 million, or about $1.5 million from 2018. And that's what we're operating on? That is, yes. So right now, uh, they've introduced a budget bill. I believe they're going into 
budget hearing soon. Uh, I'm not sure if the time of this podcast is released, but we are looking at staying about the same with the, the 9% cut being kept in place from 2018 into 2019 and then also rolling over into 2020. And the administration division is uh, has buckled down, and, and we've uh, under your leadership, we are uh, making sure that we stick to the budget that has been presented to us and preparing for uh, the next fiscal year. Uh, you know, there, there's always a way to assess and improve, and that, that's really been the approach here. Uh, you, you, we have what we have, and we're going to make the best. It doesn't matter. Who, you know, you can't complain that you've received less money and, and not try to get better. So. Obviously, it would be easier for us to expand to a lot of the work that we want to do. But if we are appropriated $15 million next year, then we're going to move forward and we're going to continue to, to do our best job. And with that, moving forward and doing our, 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 our putting our best foot forward, what can we expect in the coming year? So we're almost about three quarters into two quarters, two and a half quarters into 2019. And a lot of what we want to talk about when we've discussed is accountability. So, you know, that starts internally. And you talk about cost-saving measures or efficiency. Uh, general counsel, we talked about just mm-hmm. ways that we operate, things that we can do better to, to provide better services to the community. We've gone out and we have just really, really looked at, uh, we have to do a, an assessment and ask ourselves every day we come to work, what can we do to, to perform our jobs a little bit better? Uh, so externally, you know, for accountability, we're talking about primarily our prosecution division. Uh, we're talking about some of our, our litigation that we're very excited about. Uh, we, we just announced the, the PFAS litigation that we're hoping to move forward with or that we will be moving forward with relatively soon. Uh, technology, we did read our website. We have a social media presence, so you can follow us on Twitter. We have an Instagram account as well. And, you know, this is a new thing. This is going to be our podcast, so I'm very excited to, to cover a lot of the things that our office is engaged in, and again, hopefully give give people a better understand not only of what our office does, but also to talk about some of the, the legal issues that we think are hot topics in the community or that uh, affect our community. And I think it's appropriate that uh, we've uh, titled this podcast Uncharted Territory. Um, this will this is new to us. This this <laughs> podcast is new, and, and we hope to uh, make some headway uh, through this podcast. Uh, We're going to finish things up here. Um, Let's end with some rapid-fire questions. Mango, uh, ripe or underripe? This is very controversial, right? Because you can only (laughs) eat some with with, uh, doni and salt. But I'm a ripe mango kind of person, so I I like my mango ripe. Okay, and what are you currently reading or listening to? So I was a literature major in, in college, and I had this idea that I would read every Pulitzer Pulitzer winner and read every Man Booker Prize winner, and I, I work backwards. So every year at a minimum, I try to read the winner. So right now, I'm re- oh, a few years ago, Olive Kitteridge won the Pulitzer, and that's what I'm you know, about 60% done with, according to my Kindle. And what do you listen to while you read? <laughs> uh, well, gosh, I, I like... It depends on, on the mood. You know, sometimes I like to just listen to electronic music just to, to zone I need background noise to to distract me or to not distract me but uh, and then sometimes you just really enjoy the storytelling aspects of singer-songwriters so uh, the Beatles uh, of course you like the Beatles I had a very proud dad moment today we listened to Candyman by New Edition and my son was in the car and he said this sounds like ABC by the Jackson 5 and you know he's six years old but he was able to draw the connection between New Edition and and the Jackson, Jackson 5. 5 so yes I was very, very proud. <laughs> um, and where do you go to refresh? 
Um, I, I like to be, I, I don't like swimming, but I like to be in the water. So, you know, going to the pool every once in a while when I need to unwind from the office, I like to go and enjoy a, a lunchtime dip in the ocean or, or, or the Haganya pool. Okay, well, great. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Attorney General Camacho. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? You know, uh, this is just one other effort that we're, we're doing to explain what our office does. Uh, we do plan on being more present as an office and looking at ways that we can get out and, and just talk to talk to the people that we're, we're providing services to because we need feedback. We are constantly trying to, to do our jobs better, and that the only way that we can do that is to get out and to talk to the people we're providing our services to. Okay, well, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to share information about the Office of the Attorney General of Guam. Uh, my name is Carlina Charfris, and thank you for tuning in to Uncharted Territory. Mm-hmm.